now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas around your house, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my privilege being here, being your host every weekend for the last six years. Uh, although I love doing this. This is one of my fun jobs during the week. It's not what I do full-time. My full-time job, of course, is helping people in the capital region here with their real estate needs, helping them buy or sell or look at investment properties. been doing it since 1991. Uh, I've handled uh, a lot of transactions here in town, have a lot of experiences because uh, everyone is a new one. There's no two transactions ever the same. That's one of the fun things about the real estate industry. Uh, it's been my privilege to be uh, ranked as a top producing agent both here in Victoria and in Western Canada with Remax. I'd be happy to help you as well too. If you are thinking about doing something real estate wise, you need another opinion, want to talk about the market, just reach out to myself uh, or the rest of the members of the whole home show. You can find our contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. If you look under shows, you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there, uh, or you can always reach out to me as well, too. Also supporting this program, by the way, is REMAX Island Properties with offices in Victoria, Duncan, and Mill Bay. Uh, if you're interested in real estate as a career or are an experienced agent looking to bring your business up to the next level with advanced training and global connections, contact Remax Island Properties. Of course, it is the Halloween season right now, uh, it being Halloween weekend. Of course, we need to have our favorite Halloween guest join us, and that is John Adams. John Adams, of course, with Discover the Past and Ghostly Walks. He is always a joy to have on our program because we get to hear about all of these stories about the past, Victoria's past, ghostly past. I can't wait to chat with him and uh, hear about what he has to share with us today. Uh, he'll be our guest today. We always start, by the way, uh, our program by talking about uh, issues or things that you have brought up, uh, questions that listeners, clients, People have mentioned to me in passing things that are areas of concern at the moment. And yes, there are areas of concern to bring up right now. Before I forget, though, if you have something that you want to bring up, just reach out to me again. Find our contact information on CFAX 1070 uh, or uh, Google me. Uh, it's great to hear from our CFAX listeners every week, um, even this week as well. I had a number actually of listeners reach out and it is always great. So the biggest thing on the news presently is the fact that the government is putting controls into place for the use of short-term vacation rentals. Uh, across British Columbia. In fact, this is a federal um, uh, effort as well, too. It's been discussed at the federal level. But in British Columbia here, it, there are uh, steps being taken right now to eliminate the ability for people to run short-term vacation rentals, with the exception of it being in part of your house, in owner-occupied properties. And what does this mean? Well, it means that all of those condo units that exist out there 
everywhere in Victoria. I was going to say the Inner Harbor, but it's actually everywhere. Those furnished rentals that are being used as short-term vacation rentals are no longer going to be able to be used in that manner. I understand the date is in May. There are some exempt areas. There are 14 resort areas around British Columbia, including things like, of course, Whistler, right? The ski hills, the ski mountains, they are exempt. But anyone else operating an Airbnb or a VRBO or whatever the brand of the short-term vacation rental is will no longer be able to do so. And if they do, they're going to be faced with pretty hefty fines. Now, why is the government doing this? Uh, well, the intent is to add more rental stock out in the marketplace. Uh, I've seen varying numbers from 16,000 to 28,000 short-term vacation rental units in the province of BC. Uh, I've heard the number in Victoria somewhere around 1600. So the hope of course is to, um, first of all, take those out of the tourist market, which is of course what the hotels are very happy about. Uh, but on the flip side to uh, shift from that uh, short-term use to long-term uh, tenancies. Now, I know that you've been reading the papers, folks. There's stories on both sides. I don't want to get into this politically. I just want to bring this up and answer any questions that might be in your mind right now. There are people out there uh, who are going to transition from short-term rental to long-term rental, and that's going to be great. But will that make a difference is the big question. Will 1,600 units in the rental market make a difference? Our rental market has been tight for many years. And many feel that it's not going to make a big difference. A lot of these will be sold, by the way. There are people that run the businesses as businesses. And if the business is no longer, to be, no longer able to be run, then they're simply going to sell and get out. So there's going to be units out there for sale, and they will be purchased by people. So they will never be in the rental market. They're just going to transition into the owner market. And of course, we all have had a deficit of inventory for a long time. So that's not really going to fix a whole bunch. It's not going to fix a lot to have 1,600 instant owner slash rental units out there in the marketplace. Uh, the biggest concern that people seem to have right now um, is the fact that Usually when the government enacts a rule change, there's a grandfathering period where if you bought a property and you ran it according to the law, because it was all legal, by the way, folks, there was transient zoning uh, out there in the municipalities. There was uh, legal use with the stratas. People were paying business licenses. They were doing everything by the book and legally. To, so to have the thought that the government can come and take that away is one thing, but to take it away without grandfathering, without the continued use until such time as that property is is uh, transitioned into another use or another ownership, this is a scary proposition. And, you know, I do understand, I hear that there are petitions that are being signed out there. Again, I didn't want to get into this on a political uh, basis. By the way, the real estate industry, people like myself, we see both sides of the story, folks. Like we, I know there are, uh, we have clients, there are people that live in condo buildings who are unhappy with the fact that there's always strangers coming in and out because they're short-term vacation uh, use. We have clients that have ran 
short-term vacation units and they've been very happy and they feel that they've been providing a different level of accommodation that wasn't out there before you know when you think about it if you have a number of people or if you have a family sometimes you want a kitchen sometimes the hotel stay is not what you want to do you want to experience a, a town in a different way we're probably going to be losing some of that business as well so again i've heard it from all sides I've heard it from the tenant side, long-term tenant side. I've heard it from the landlord side. I get it. It's a struggle. Um, I don't mind this whole notion of getting more inventory. I've said on the air many times before, please, folks, drop a whole bunch more inventory here in Greater Victoria to not only lighten the uh, uh, the lighten the load of the marketplace and make things easier for people to buy and move into. Frankly, it's better for the real estate community because we'd be busier as well too. So we're not trying to you know prevent people from. Uh, getting affordable housing my goodness i would love that but it's this whole notion again of taking rights away which is a concern that many people have i know you've read about it online and everything uh there is another piece of news that i want to bring up super quick uh in the news cbc there's a story about an ontario woman that responded to one of those little flyers that you get in the mail you know the we buy homes cash you know save on real estate fee save on all that kind of stuff it's not what it turned out to be she made an agreement with this company and it's not like they write a check and she's gone uh the whole process was an assignment so the folks still went to market without her control and she still had showings and still went through all the pain of selling her house except for the fact that they sold at a profit and kept the profit so folks be very careful about these ads because hey i've seen them here in victoria as well too they are not what they are made out to be very concerning. Anyways, we need to take our first break. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with our friend John Adams here about ghostly stories in Greater Victoria. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. It's always a fun time to think about all of the supernatural things that happen around here and victoria is said to be one of the more spookier cities out there who better to speak with about this than a regular it's been a while since he's been on the program but he is somebody who's very much well known in greater victoria you'll see him and his his son and his crew walking around giving tours with discover the past of course it is john adams john thanks for joining, joining us today oh tony it's always a pleasure oh my goodness so um you know, we've talked about this before. It does come up quite often about the fact that Victoria's got a history in the supernatural realm, doesn't it now? It does. You know, many places that have ghost tours, and they seem to be all over the world, claim to be the most haunted in their country, in the world. Um, and there's no doubt, however, that Victoria is the most haunted city anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So B.C., uh, Washington, Oregon, parts of Idaho, the bigger cities, Vancouver and Seattle, have lots of ghost stories, but we have collected over 500 of them. Yeah. Uh, we are, I think, without a doubt, the most haunted city in these parts. Oh, my goodness. So what what makes that happen? Is it because it's an older town or, I mean, there there must be reasons? Well, I think uh, every, every place has ghosts. Um, and uh, some cultures uh, are really into this and some are afraid of ghosts and some uh, support them in a big way. Uh, but the ghosts are everywhere, and most cultures will have stories of ghosts going back a long way. Um, 
certainly here on the coast around Victoria, we've had indigenous people for thousands and thousands of years. They're in many different places as well. Of course, they're still here and their ghosts are here. So sometimes we look for the, the stories that we can relate to, uh, where we can give a, a name and a reason for some ghost being there. But in many cases, the stories are from the distant past. And these might be stories of indigenous people that were here a long time ago. They might be more recent. And while we do try to pinpoint the the places and the, the events and the dates, it's not, not always possible to do so. But yes, we've had a long history here. And of course, the city as we know it today in Victoria dates from the mid-1800s when the fur traders and then the gold rush people arrived. But there had been people here for thousands of years. There are layers and layers and layers of ghosts in Victoria. <laughs> well, and you know, the area that that, you, that I tend to bump into you uh, at seems to be sort of, you know, that the market square, older, you know, every town's got an old town. And of course, I guess that's our old town is that the foot of uh, Pandora and Johnson and thereabouts. Um, that seems to be a great place where you have a lot of stories. We do. In fact, um, we, you know, we, we do our ghostly walks year round. We started doing them 25 years ago. And at the time, it was really just intended to be a peak summer season activity in the evening. But it didn't take long before people began calling and wanting a tour in the winter. So we added winter tours at first just on Saturday nights, then Friday and Saturday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're now doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday all year <laughs> um, after Halloween. But uh, through October, it's our busiest month. And our Halloween tours for the past couple of years have focused on the area around Johnson Street, Market Square that you were just talking about. Yeah. At other times of the year, we focus on the area around Bastion Square. But wherever we are, there are lots of stories. Yeah. Well, you know, you had mentioned other towns and how how everywhere, you know, they profess to be the the uh, most haunted place in wherever. You know, you go to you go to San Diego or you go to whatever. Um, what I always enjoy uh, about your tours and, you know, the things that you've written and everything as well is just getting some of the history with these names that we're familiar with here in Victoria, like the Dunsmere name and the, you know, all, uh, Rattenbury name and all of these local Victorian names that have this level of lore and also a, a, a history, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. You know, a lot of people do like to hear about the, the, the great and the good, the famous, the rich, and maybe the not so great as well. Um, but Francis Rattenbury designed the Parliament buildings and the Empress Hotel, the most famous architect in these parts. Uh, many people know his story. He went off to England with a second wife. She had a lover, 17-year-old kid. And in the end, George, the lover, ended up bludgeoning Rattenbury to death with a mallet in his own home library. And so his ghost has come back because he's largely ignored in the place where he was buried in England. But he was famous here, and he's come back to get recognition in the Parliament buildings, in the Empress Hotel, and several other places as well. So, yes, well-known people like that, the Dunsmeres, the richest family in B.C. They made a pile of money mining coal, mid-island around the Nanaimo, came down here. The elder generation built Craig Derrick Castle, although Robert Dunsmere never had a chance to live there himself, but his widow did. The next generation, James Dunsmere and his family, built Hatley Castle, where Royal Roads University is now. Now, I must admit, the people at Craig Derrick don't like to talk about their ghosts, although I think many people probably understand that it is haunted. Um, around Halloween, they always put on a spooky play. Yes. Uh, 
one of our guides, Jason, has been doing the Frankenstein one-man show for a number of years. It's great. It's a wonderful setting. But uh, there's kind of a natural ambiance to that place. But out at Hatley Castle, they're not quite so averse to telling their ghost stories. There are lots of them there as well, including the ghost of old Mrs. Dunsmere. Um, many people perhaps uh, remember the name of... Uh, the, the Dunsmeres, who were the, the premiers of British Columbia, James Dunsmere, early 1900s. He became the lieutenant governor and then uh, built Hatley Castle. His old, his youngest son, his only son, really, uh, was killed in World War I, not in battle. He was on the Lusitania when it went down oh, yeah. off the south coast of Ireland in 1915. And the whole city was in mourning because there were 15 people from Victoria on the Lusitania. I didn't James, know that. Oh, yeah. James Dunsmere Jr. was probably the most famous. Riots broke out, anti-German riots. But out at Hatley Castle, his father, former premier, former lieutenant governor, was in deep mourning. And his wife was. And the old man would pace back and forth in his library, playing a record endlessly. It's, it's really pathetic to think of it. The record was a popular one at the time. Mm. Where is my wandering boy tonight? And many people who go into Hatley Castle... And into that room, believe they actually hear the strains of that music. You can you can Google it. It's easy to find. It is a haunting tune. So that's just one of the stories. And, well, James Dunsmere, former premier, died not long after. Some say of a broken heart. But his widow, uh, Laura, lived on for a number of years and died in 1937. Her ghost haunts the castle as well. It was believed that she thought that her son would someday, someday return. Of course, he never did. And for years afterwards, she roamed the castle looking for a young man his age, perhaps because he had come back. It's an amazing story, really. Yeah. And of course, you know, the locals or even the new locals would be familiar with these names because there are streets. We have streets with the names of these uh, of these people or buildings. Uh, you know, they were prominent uh, uh, Victorians in their day. And uh, that is just amazing. I mean, I, I, I do wonder every once in a while, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, ghosts and the feeling, you know, the, the, the feeling of the spiritual realm and stuff like that. Um, surely some of the people who are our contemporaries will end up haunting properties 50 or 100 years from now, right? Oh, who I'm knows? Sure because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, many of our stories that we collect are old stories that have been around since the colonial days. 1840s and 50s, and, and some of them old chestnuts. They're good stories to tell, and who knows? Some of them have probably been slightly embellished over the years as well. Yeah. But um, ghosts happen right now. Sure, yeah, you and I will probably come back as ghosts, hopefully friendly ghosts, because <laughs> uh, it's often said that ghosts will probably have the same attributes, the same personalities they had when they were alive. So a nice person will come back as a nice ghost. But I, I suspect that both of us know people that we don't want to meet as ghosts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we... we we, our, our generation will come back as ghosts for sure. Amazing. Well, listen, we're having a chat with John Adams with Discover the Past. If you guys want to learn more about the tours that they give year-round, it's discoverthepast.com. Again, you've seen them around downtown with their groups. Uh, so much great information. Uh, but we need to take a break here. So, uh, John, hold your seat there. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, 
the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, you can find their contact information and mine by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, the whole the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Uh, or you can always download our podcast. Six years worth and 300 episodes. Uh, tons and tons of great content. Fantastic guests. Uh, so much great information. You can listen at your heart's desire. You can listen in your car, as you're exercising, uh, whatever you like. You can find us on iTunes and Google. Uh, we are going back to the past just talking about the way things used to be here in our sleepy little town of Victoria. And who better to bring us on tour than from Discover the Past, John Adams. John, thanks again for coming and joining us today. Okay, it's great to be here. Um, you know, before the break, of course, you were talking about, yeah, perhaps one day you and I will return as ghosts here in Victoria and talking about, you know, we laugh about it, friendly ghosts. Um, you made a comment. You said that uh, ghosts, when they tend to return, they tend to be in the sort of uh, demeanor that they were known as before, right? That's correct. And I think there are lots of examples. But uh, if people are generally friendly during their lifetime, if they're helpful, eh, there's no reason for them to change. Unless, of course, there's been some horrible catastrophe. Um, if they have been wrongly accused or they've been murdered and they're coming back for revenge, that's going to change things a lot. But, in fact, um, most of us are probably going to die natural deaths, and hopefully we will uh, just wither away and we'll have no reason to come back as anything other than people out there that we don't want to uh, see as ghosts. I, I remember um, there was a, an elderly neighbor of mine. I didn't know her very well. Her sister lived with her. And uh, I admit she was a little bit difficult. Uh, but nonetheless, um, when she died, her sister came up to me and said, John, are you still doing the ghostly walks? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I am. Why? And she said, oh, then I hope to hell you don't meet my sister. <laughs> oh my we both had a good laugh uh, because we knew exactly what she meant. Um, yeah, there are people like that. Uh, and But if, if people have um, reasons to come back, uh, maybe for bad reasons, if they're coming back to look for something they've lost and they find it, they will go away. But if they come back to get even with somebody, if they have been mis- uh, if, they're, if, they, if they've been hanged, for example, and they weren't guilty, those people have every reason to come back and, and maybe be a little bit nasty. So, yeah, ghosts will come back for revenge. And, uh, in fact, in Hawaii, uh, and there's a link to Victoria and Hawaii, there were lots of Hawaiians who came here. Um, they had a special kind of ghost who did come back for revenge, and they were the ones that they feared the most, the night stalkers. And, well, there was a young guy from Hawaii who came to Victoria to visit his uncle. This is in the early 1870s. The boy's name was Joe Nawana. He came from San Juan Island, where it turns out he had murdered a farmer and his wife. Uncle did not know this. Anyway, uh, the boy ended up being dragged off by the police and taken to Port Townsend, where he was put on trial and hanged mm -hmm. for the murder of the farmer and his wife. Well, how did the police know where he was? It turns out that uncle had turned him in because he was fed up with his nephew and all the problems he was causing. Well, uncle went to see the hanging down in Port Townsend. And when he came back, he was horrified because there he was, his nephew, Joe Nawana, right in front of the cabin. And he knew this was one of those ghosts that comes back for revenge. Uh, 
his revenge was going to be taken out on uncle. And so uncle left. We don't know where he went. But that ghost is still there, stalking the street beside the Empress Hotel of all places. A cold feeling, a nasty feeling. Sometimes people see this kid, the sort of kid most of us would probably automatically cross the street to avoid. And if you happen to feel that horrible feeling as you're walking along there or you see this nasty ghostly kid, yeah, get out of there right away. He's liable to push you to the ground or shove you up against the wall. He's out for revenge for sure. Now, there are those that are more sensitive to the supernatural. Uh, there are people that say, you know, you know you're either a believer or a non-believer, never experienced it or, or whatever. Um, I, I, I'm curious, like how, how does this all come to be? Well, a lot of it depends on environment and history and culture. So there are some places in the world, historically and even now, where ghosts are just commonplace. Everybody knows about ghosts. It's not a big deal. You're not afraid of them necessarily. And China was one place when you died, you came back as a ghost. But if the family looked after you, if your descendants looked after you and gave you the food and money and clothing to feed you in the afterlife, everything was sweetness and light. Mm. If you got ignored by your family, then you had every reason to come back as a hungry, angry ghost and take it out on them. So ghosts um, in many cultures are commonplace, but perhaps in the West, during the Age of Enlightenment and so on, uh, people began to be too rational and they began to think, oh, no, this this is not true. And there were religious reasons as well. Uh, perhaps some people believe that the only ghost was the Holy Ghost and so on. And th mm -hmm. those ideas are perhaps uh, quite common with many people. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's all really what you believe in and what you've been raised with. But in North America, Canada for sure, about 50% of people do believe in ghosts. But um, you were saying if some people might have an experience and some might might not, even though 50% believe in ghosts, only about 20% of people have actually had some sort of encounter with a ghost. They might see them, they might feel them, hear them, smell them. We can detect ghosts in many ways. So even though ghosts might be around, um, not all people are going to be sensitive enough to actually experience that. And I use the example, I wear glasses um, and uh, well, lots of people wear glasses. I, I can see a little bit when I don't have my glasses on, but when I take them off, eh, I can see things only in a blurry way. Well, so it is. Some people have the ability to detect ghosts more clearly than others, kind of like dogs have good hearing and so on. Um, humans don't have quite the acute hearing that dogs do. And so some people are more naturally sensitive to ghosts. So, yeah, it's natural that some people will say that they, they had an experience and the person sitting next to them won't. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is not what you set out to do. Uh, you had another career, actually, before uh, uh, running Discover the Past. And of course, maybe we'll get to this later, but I mean, we bump into each other uh, at the Ch uh, Chinese Canadian Museum down at uh, Fantan Alley, which, you know, you were the curator for and you've done a lot of historic work and, and all that. But you didn't set out to be a uh, storyteller about Victoria Ghosts. This is just how did this happen? <laughs> no, I, I actually started out as a museum curator. Yes. I had a, a career of 30 years working in museums and historic sites. And that's what I had planned to do. And I was very fortunate um, after university to actually be able to pursue what I really wanted to do. But when I retired uh, all those years ago, um, I thought, well, I enjoy uh, history. I enjoy giving tours. So we started doing history tours and ghost tours, ghostly walks. Um, but no, I, I didn't start out doing ghost tours really i that came on you know i must admit 
the ghostly walks outdraw our history tours 10 to 1. Wow. I wish I could do all my, my tours as history tours, but yeah. the interest is in ghost tours. Well, and so and, I kind of gravitated to that side of things. Yeah, but it does, you know, and the unfortunate thing, not unfortunate, but the, the thing is, there is a lot of great history in Victoria here, too. So, you know, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand. I guess people uh, just gravitate towards the, the ghostly stuff. But, folks, you know, those of you uh, listening here who have never been on one of John's tours, uh, doesn't need to be a ghostly one. There's lots of great history here in Victoria. Um, again, I just want to remind you, if you want to visit more, go to discoverthepast.com, discoverthepast.com, and there you'll find uh, more information. You can buy tickets, uh, connect with John and Chris and the rest of the crew. Um, but we need to take a, our last break for the day here, uh, John. Hold your seat. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our guest today is John Adams. He's with Discover the Past. He provides or he gives tours in Victoria. There's so much great history in our little city, the city of Victoria, Chinatown, a number of lovely places to see. It's not just all ghostly walks, which we happen to be talking about today. That's our topic of the day. Uh, but folks, again, if you're curious, you want to learn more, go to discoverthepast.com. Uh, but John, whenever we have you here, of course, we've got to have a ghost story. So surely you've got one for us today, right? Well, actually, let me tell you two quick ones. And we hear lots of stories. Um, through the year, we hear stories from people on our tours. People call us. And by the end of the year, I've collected 10 pages of, typely, of tightly uh, typed uh, pages. Um, let me tell you two that I've got recently that actually did happen a while ago. And they're both from the same general neck of the woods, the upper quadra area. And one of them was in the 1980s, and it was a, a family that had a, a, a fairly modern house. Um, somebody had lived in it before. Um, the parents had a basement suite. Uh, their young son had the room next to it. And uh, the son got cold feet, and so he slept with his socks on every night. One night, he woke up screaming, and his parents came running in, and he said, somebody is pulling me out of bed. And they turned the light on, they pulled back the covers, and... It was weird. Beside his bed uh, were plywood panels. They were very tightly butted up against each other. And the kid's socks were being pulled off his feet and were squeezed in between this infinitesimal little crack between the pieces of plywood. And what, what could have done this? But then they realized that on the other side of that wall was the closet from the parents' room. And they had already found out from a neighbor that one of the previous owners of that place had committed suicide by hanging himself in the closet. And so they very quickly realized that maybe the ghost of that person was in the closet and it was somehow pulling this kid. How could it have happened otherwise? Maybe it was just a coincidence, but that's a weird one. And wow. another another story from the Well, well actually, hold, hold, on, hold on, John. It's just a reminder. It doesn't have to be in the old days. It doesn't have to be old, you know, old Victoria or whatever. It could be 1980s newer, right? All right, really, yeah. And, and this is, is actually from even more recent times. Oh. And was a man who was looking for a house. This should interest you. Um, he wasn't a realtor, but he was in a house with his wife. Um, it was a, an older home. And they, start, they went in and they separated. They were looking at different parts of the house. They were going to uh, get together afterwards at the front door and compare notes. 
he had the feeling that it was a wonderful house. He had a feeling that there was a history. He felt that there were spirits there, which he rather liked. He thought it was a welcoming house. Everything was wonderful until he went to a little room at the back of the house. It was a stairway and it was kind of the bedroom at the back of the house. And all of a sudden, he just felt absolutely horrible. Uh, the air temperature went down. He felt afraid. He was shivery. And then he saw an old wizened man. He described him as an ugly old man in a corner, silently screaming at him. It was horrible. And so he ran out of the place and his wife had toured the house. And it turns out that totally separately, she had had exactly the same experience. Wonderful feeling at the front of the house. And then when she entered that room, she had seen the same ghost of a wizened up old man. And they both described him as silently screaming at them. Needless to say, they did not buy that house. But um, stories like that, um, we hear these sorts of stories a lot. And in fact, realtors often do tell us uh, some amazing stories because they have a chance to visit so many houses. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I can't say that I have, but I've heard other realtors say, oh, I went into a particular house and I just got this feeling. I got that haunting feeling. And um, I, I, I get it. And, and again, it's like what you said before, you know, perhaps some people, you know, they can see more clearly or feel more clearly uh, on these things. Um, but it does bring up the point, though, about uh, disclosures, because, you know, what does one do with a haunted house? Do you need to disclose it? The law, by the way, folks, um, requires us to disclose defects in a house, you know, things that could uh, have potentially a negative economic uh, uh, impact on the home or could have health issues. Uh, a haunting is something that is not a material defect. It's something that is called a stigma. So it would be a stigmatized property. And the thing about a stigma is it's very difficult to prove that it has any sort of negative economic uh, uh, factor of the house. Um, and it may affect some people more than others. And I think haunting is a, is a great example of that. Hey, John, I can't remember if I told you this story before, but um, I knew of a house in James Bay uh, that, that was haunted. And, you know, the question was, who would buy this? Because, you know, I, I think by and large, consumers, buyers, they don't want to buy a haunted house. But I am told that the person who ended up buying it was a person who likes haunted houses. Was that me, Tony, that you're talking about? Yeah, no, it uh, no it, actually, it was not you, but it was, it was another story. <laughs> but you do. Well, I did. Well, I, I, we live in James Bay. We've lived there now for 45 years. And we moved next door many, many years ago. Um, we bought the estate, uh, the house from the estate of an elderly woman whom we've, we, we knew. She had lived in that house all her life. She died from the house. And she left it to her niece. And the niece didn't want it. So she called us up and said, you want to buy the house? Now, the woman that we knew who had lived in that house had told us all along when we'd asked her if she needed any help and we helped out in the house and so on. She said, don't worry about me. I'm not alone. Well, she was alone. She she had no no siblings. She'd never married. She was the only one in the house. And, and so she said, no, no, they're all here. Don't worry about me. And I, I knew what she meant, but it was only when we actually bought the place that we discovered they were all, all there. Many of her family members who had in fact died in the house. And so we got to doing this. When we walked in the house, we called out, hi, we're friends of Muriel. We own the house now. And well, it was kind of silly in some ways, but I'm sure if people heard us calling out, they would 
think we were nuts. Um, but uh, they are in the house, and uh, there are many other people who had been part of that household that have come back, and every single one, I must admit, is helpful and friendly. You have and told me so this before. You you have told me that when you when somebody gives a spirit, you know, uh, uh, acknowledges them, that often there's no issues. It 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 makes for happier ghosts, I guess. Right. It is. And, and it, maybe it's kind of like people who are afraid of dogs. Somehow the dogs sense that they're going to snarl at you. Uh, but if you're if you're nice to the ghosts, there's no reason for them to be nasty to you. So um, they're quite accepting. And eventually they will get used to you and they'll just kind of they won't go away, but they'll just not bother you anymore. The, <laughs> our ghosts have never bothered us at all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, it, and again, you know, it's it's something it's 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 not for everyone. Um the the other thing too is we remain a relatively new community, and uh, you know I, I I was in the UK I went to uh, to England last year and just seeing how ancient the buildings are, uh, and there's always ghost stories and pubs and buildings and everything there, right? Right. Um, ghost tourism is a big factor in England, and even if people don't believe in the ghosts, they like the stories. Yeah, they play up their themes a lot about yeah. the ghosts. But and, and I had a laugh once because I was in a class and we were talking about stigmatized properties and there was a there was an, an English fella who sat an elderly English fella, new licensee, sat in the front of the class. And again, we're talking about disclosure of stigmas. And he was laughing and I said, you know, why are you laughing? He goes, Well, you know, you are a new country in the UK. There is not a single property where somebody hasn't died or been killed or murdered or whatever, like everything, right? In an old in an old land, there's lots of spirits, I guess, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, no, if you go to England, you can't avoid them. Every stately home, every every pub, every castle will have its ghost stories, and and they love to tell the stories. Yeah, they really do. Well, so and and again, I mean, there's lots of stories about uh, build. Uh, you know, key buildings in Victoria, like the Empress, you know, we've talked, you know, we, we know that there are spirits that exist there. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always a, uh, it's interesting just thinking about our own town and, and buildings. Well, that we know. Condé Nast, the well-known magazine for travelers, um, declared the Empress one of the most haunted hotels in the world uh, just <laughs> last year. Yeah. Yes, there we go. <laughs> well, listen, John, before I let you go, I just want to make sure that, you know, we, we talk a little bit about the museum in Chinatown. And of course, I always like reminding our listeners that if you haven't done so already, pop down. It's in Fantan Alley. It is the Chinese Canadian Museum. Uh, John, what can people expect? Well, actually, why is the museum there? T tell our listeners why it even exists. Well, um, Victoria has the oldest Chinatown in Canada, yeah. and a couple of years ago, uh, the BC government decided there should be a Chinese-Canadian museum, mm -hmm. and uh, in the end, uh, the, the, the main museum is in Vancouver, but because Victoria has such an old history, um, it's important to have one here as well. And what better place than Fantan Alley, a very, very popular alley, and if you talk about location, for businesses, it is absolutely superb because everybody's going through there and it has a very high visitation. Um, it's only been there a year and a half. So if you haven't heard about it or haven't been there, uh, don't worry. Um, it's only been there a short while, but it's actually quite large inside and the displays will be changing. Uh, we opened a year and a half ago. We're planning a major change over the next couple of months. Uh, through the winter, uh, the, the museum is open four days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You don't need a reservation. There is no charge. And you can spend a good half hour, 45 minutes at least, uh, looking around and find something that will probably be quite fascinating. And there is a huge history in Chinatown. And we're just having a chance to tell little bits of it at a time. But uh, we've, um, we, we've had a, a good time doing that. And there are many volunteers involved in that. Uh, and so if you have a chance, uh, go down Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and you don't need to re make a reservation. Just drop in and you'll find very friendly staff and volunteers ready <laughs> to, to make you at home. Well, it's true, folks, because if you pick the right Sunday, you might bump into this volunteer here. That would be me, because I do hang out there uh, a couple of times a month, uh, along with my cousin Charlene, of course, who's always there. Um, and not only that, John, but I notice uh, the picture of our grandfather's um, certificate is in the case there. So that's, a, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Charlene has done a fabulous job of collecting pictures and certificates. And a lot of people come in and they, they say, oh, that's uncle, that's auntie, that's granddad just yeah. like you and they're fascinated and they bring and that prompts them to bring more in as yeah. well well there we go we had a great conversation today about the past and it's not just the haunted past it's not just the uh, ghostly walks although john's team does do that again it's discoverthepast.com um take him a go for a tour learn more about victoria either in the daytime or at night you do cemetery walks as well too during uh uh, the right seasons and, and all that. But again, there's, of course, Chinatown, which John is uh, uh, very much uh, involved with. So, uh, John, as always, thank you very much for joining us today. You are most welcome, Tony. Let's do this again. Oh, always. And uh, to our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.